Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, Legit Batters, we don't really do ads, but if you feel the need to support our dumb show, you can subscribe on Rockfin for all of our shows, plus bonus member shows, or on Patreon for audio versions. Oh my god, this sounds so scripted, it's terrible. No, read it like that the whole time. No, I can't. Yes, do it. Okay, or click on the affiliate link in the notes to support (laughs) awesome companies. I don't know who wrote these notes. Oh, yeah, it's me. If you don't feel like sending bullshit fiat currency to us, just share the show with a friend. Or give us a rating or review. You know, standard podcast shit. Actually, that could be said without the radio voice. Oh. Well, maybe I'll put in a fart noise. (laughs) But we also accept sweet nothings in the form of DMs or emails. Seriously. That's actually more appreciated. We don't need your money. We just want loves. We don't need your money. It'd be cool. But, I mean, if you don't want to buy us a beer, that's fine. You can just uh, say, hey, you guys are awesome. Or say, you guys suck. Those are funny, too. No, it's like hanging out. When you go out and hang out with your friends at a show, just say you're at a concert, would you be more excited that they were there and that you got to spend time with them or if they bought you a beer? I guess it would depend on your alcohol dependency levels, but yeah, we don't have that. We are just no. excited to be hanging out with you guys. That's it. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show and uh, support however you fucking want. Thank you. I don't know shit about fuck. I like sucking. Legit bad podcast. You're killing me, Smalls. Welcome to Costco. I love you. I figured we'd go around, uh, introduce each other, just somebody volunteer and go first, and then uh, just I kind of wanted you guys to cap on just your favorite theory about UFOs. Anything you want. You don't have to plant your flag, just one that you think is super fucking cool. All right, so uh, Bo, we'll start with you. Go ahead, dude. <laughs> oh, wait. 
Uh, I'm Bo Shavnoski. Uh, I've been Brandon's friend for 10 years. I kind of help him out with expanding reality just a little bit. I'm a technical writer, an industrial tech geek, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm here having a good time. Somebody else can go for now. <laughs> Favorite theory? Favorite UFOs? What do you think? What are they? What are they, Bo? Or what do you favorite theory? Have... Yeah. Oh man, uh, I kind of like the idea that that, that the whole like uh, what was it? What was that Prometheus where where they had the whole uh, like yeah, the seating thing where they broke down the DNA yeah. and all of a sudden like we came from them? That kind of idea, I love that idea because it's like it throws out like basically all human programming right out the fucking window, and you just you're like, oh well. We've been operating off some false conclusions, if that mm. were true. Absolutely. You know, but if. It's all big ifs, right? So, yeah, I like that one. Stitchin fan, very cool. nice. A little Anunnaki cool. action. Straight out the gate. Who's up next? Jay, you want to go? Yeah, I'm Jay. Uh, I run the How to Kill a Sacred Cow podcast. Y'all know me. It's your boy. Um, yeah, so my favorite uh, theory is um, probably the time-traveling aliens theory that Aliens are humans from the future that came back um, to help guide our progress because, like, I love, absolutely fucking love time travel, the whole, all all time travel theories. So I love the idea of that cyclical nature of, of time and of time travelers where it's like I just watched, um, I know it's not alien related, but I just watched The Time Traveler's Wife again and I forgot how just incredible that movie was that he has to go back to see himself as a kid so he doesn't freak out and and he's gonna tell him it's gonna be okay and then he's jumping all around and then and then he goes and meets his what anyway time travel we're gonna stay away from that but time traveling aliens <laughs> jay hennahan uh brown man brown martinez what you got brother Hey guys, my name is Brown Martinez. I currently host a podcast called Spectrum of Strangeness. And I I feel though that's about to go through a uh, transition into a more visual based type of content show. Um, currently working on that, taking a, a small hiatus from the audio recording of it. But I'm excited to meet everybody and uh, to chat about UFOs. Uh, my favorite theory is that UFOs or aliens are the equivalent of the person playing the video game. Like we are the video game the and these things, these things are the people playing that game and they get to like come kind of come in and out as they please the, uh, what we call VR, that type of thing. Like they're kind of like the game designers slash players. Oh, so we're, that, that's we're a cool thought. Very cool thought. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's like Westworld, but we're Westworld. We're the, we're the ones in it. Damn. Right. Something like that. Deep Brown. Okay. I dig it. I really dig it. Okay. Uh, Josh and Artemis. You guys run the Josh and Artemis show. Good to see y'all. Yeah. Same. Yeah, same, Brandon. Uh, do you want to go first? Or should I go first? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I'm Josh from uh, the Josh and Artemis show. Um, yeah. So we've been doing our show for a few months now since September of last year. Um, yeah. My favorite theory, I was going to say the crypto terrestrial one, um, but since hearing Brown's Theory. I'm going to side with Brown there and go with that yeah, one because that sounds really cool. Does sound so, really cool. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's just one theory. I think that it's probably a mixture of like could be futurist, could be interdimensional, could be a sim. I don't know. Could be a simulation. Who knows? But I'm into it all. 
And I'm Artemis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Hell yeah. Chris Matthew. <laughs> Hello, I'm Chris Matthew, uh, Forbidden Knowledge News and Beyond Classified. I have the Forbidden Knowledge Network. Uh, nice to meet everybody. Thank you, Brandon, for having me on. I think my favorite right now is that it could be just one grand trickster intelligence that kind of controls everything and even controls our perception, kind of along the same lines as the video game thing, but maybe just one grand intelligence that maybe controls all aspects of our perceived reality, possibly. Damn. Another banger. I love it. <laughs> uh, Joe and Jen, what do you think? How's it going? I'm Joe. and Hey, I'm Jen. That's Jen. Uh, legit Bat Podcast. Find us wherever. And on Rockfin here, too. Uh, as far as a theory, I, I really like, it's kind of reductive, but I really like the idea that all of like cryptozoology and aliens, all that stuff is all interdimensional. It explains a lot and it kind of wraps up simulation theory into it. And like what Brown was saying, the video game thing and what Chris was saying. So I like the idea that they're interdimensional. They do seem like they kind of are sometimes, but they also are kind of real and put things in your butt. So I don't know, but I like the, the overarching idea that they're, they're interdimensional. Yeah, no, we talk about it a lot. Interdimensional is my favorite too, actually. We have a lot of conversations about that theory just that they're that's why they can't explain it whenever we hear an abduction story and they say people ask where do you come from and they say you wouldn't understand because they're not going to be able to explain how dimensions work to a stupid human makes, right. i think it makes more sense than they come from a planet 90 trillion light years away just to come hang out on earth you know the interdimensional seems easier to travel i don't know i don't know how that yeah. works i agree i like that one as well so far just bangers <laughs> all down the line uh, so next, anybody step forward. Come on. Yeah, I'll go. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm Ryan Musgrave Evans. Um, Australian, obviously. Um, yeah, I've been an experiencer of beings since I was a kid. I used to interpret it as being fairies or elves. So that really got me passionate about the old Celtic fairy faith. But as I got older, um, I started to interpret it more along kind of like alien-esque kind of interactions and then it occurred to me maybe these this was a continuation that fairies and elves are the aliens of today so that got me interested in Jacques Vallée, Mac Tonys. I like the term crypto terrestrials because they're hidden earthlings um yeah they're here they're in the earth they're under the sea but I, I subscribe to like an amalgamation of all these ideas that you dudes are all spitting out there I yeah. think that's all different facets and sides of the one thing time travel yeah time travelers that have gone into our ancient past and become re-entrenched here, uh, harnessing, you know, stealing our DNA as ancient versions of themselves to patch themselves up and things like that. But uh, yeah, I wrote a book and uh, Children of Orion and now I'm sort of hanging out online. That's right. <laughs> I was trying to remember where I knew uh, you from. You were on Brandon's show. That was a, that was a good yeah. fucking episode. That's wow, right. the cover looks that. That looks really Yeah, good. that looks sick. The cover looks really good. Oh, sick, oh, oh, right? There it is. Yeah, cool. The contents yeah, are even cool, better. And uh, if you're really yeah, nice, he'll send you, if you're really sweet, he'll send you a signed copy. I don't know if y'all can see that. Anyway, yeah. Woo! That's a copy. Awesome. <laughs> that was pretty cool. You still, That's a copy uh, that was printed down under. Right. And sent yes. back again. Well, I appreciate it. Hopefully only one down under cool, man. your country. So, uh, you know, and when you were on, you are the still, I think you hold the title of the guest that creeped me out the most. And I'm, on a, I'm probably going to have you <laughs> tell that story for everybody while you're at least one of them. But ugh. Um, Peter, man, you want to say hi to everybody? 
Yo, yeah. Hey, I'm Pete. Uh, nice to meet y'all. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm the National Director of MUFON Japan, a uh, member of the ERT, the Experience Resource Team, where we, uh, we're the guys that investigate contacts, lifelong experiencer. Um, I use astral projection to go up there and talk to, talk to entities, so I'm a real whack job, as you can tell. Um, I'll piggyback off what Joe and Jen said. I like the um, interdimensional, extra-dimensional uh, hypothesis. Um, I kind of I side with um, the idea that they're operating on the fourth dimension, whereas they see time as a spatial construct, and they might be kind of up there playing chess with us. You know what I mean? Looking at the future like, hey, this is a bad outcome. I'm going to move this piece here this piece there, hopefully to our benefit, but honestly, I don't know shit. That's <laughs> yeah, what are they doing right now then? What's going on right now? We can go into my ass stuff later. We're, we're definitely going to get into quite a bit tonight because uh, there's a re each of you are here for a very specific reason. Uh, even the ones that came instead of Dave, by the way. Uh, I knew uh, we met the other day, and so this was perfect. Um, Mark, you want to say hi to everybody, brother? Yeah, now that all the good theories have been taken. What's up, everybody? I'm Mark from My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, uh, the name of my podcast and a true statement. And they think I'm crazy <laughs> because I've always believed in the possibility of aliens, despite not having any tangible or any sort of experience of them. Um, my theory that maybe hasn't been mentioned yet, it's not my theory, but it's one that I like, it's kind of controversial considering that the ancient aliens TV show has gone and really just like turned this theory into a pinata and beat it open on national television. But I still do think there is some truth to uh, the ancient alien theory, albeit I don't believe that the aliens themselves built the megaliths like I used to. I do think that there's some truth to you know, these dragon cults and, and the different ancient brotherhoods that possibly had a uh, beneficial relationship with some of these races from beyond, whether that's interdimensional or interplanetary, I, I'm agnostic. Interesting. Damn, awesome. The, the pyramids well, were built. Could it be They were built aliens? upside down from the top down. <laughs> Has anyone here been to the pyramids? Anyone here been there? I've been to the pyramid in Bosnia. Well, introduce okay, yourself. Yeah. Tell us your favorite theory and tell us about that. Me? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, sure. So uh, my name is Riel. I'm a contributor and a researcher with Generations Ed Podcast. Uh, so yeah, I met Brandon just this week when uh, me and Nils, for me, he's down in the bottom left corner of this. Um, we met uh, up with Brandon this past week, and then he invited us onto the show. Um, I also just started my own YouTube channel called Dose of Reality, um, where I'm kind of doing a soft, uh, kind of explaining the, the paradigm of the pandemic and building a pragmatic foundation of how everything is lies before I get into the UFO and the woo-woo stuff. Uh, so that's, that's all fresh for me. But Pyramid of Bosnia, yeah, I went on a backpacking trip by myself like about five years ago, just booked a one-way ticket to Europe, and then somehow found my way to Bosnia and... That was amazing. I met uh, the archaeologist uh, Samir Bazmanovic, and 
just hung out there for a little bit and saw for myself that there's literally pyramids in Bosnia, even though you go to the European Archaeological Association or yeah, the European Archaeological Association, they say, nope, just natural mounds that just look <laughs> like triangles. Um, yeah. But my favorite uh, UFO, I've got two. And uh, the first one would be that the UFO disclosure is a giant psyop that started with Roswell and is ending with the Corona or the, with the pandemic. I don't know if this is on YouTube, so I don't know if I can say certain words, cool. but uh, no, it will not be. Go ahead. Right Go on. Ahead. So freely. yeah, right yeah. on. So yeah, because of reading Philip Corso's book day after Roswell in there, he explains that the crash in Roswell actually happened in Corona, New Mexico. Yep. So I think that this is one 80 year long, plan pretty much and if you when you read all of these little bits of disclosure uh, little bits of information it's like oh shit it makes sense now is the time during the coronavirus pandemic that we're actually going to have the fake alien invasion pushed out but of course all of that you know a lot of that stuff is real uh the other thing is uh, it's pierre sabac i don't know if anybody here is familiar with his work but he does the work into scaphology which is the uh, study of angels being divine naval vessels so he actually explains that ufology is not anything new. It's been going on for a very, very long time. And he studies the etymology of cultures and he cross-references languages and explains that angels are actually like UFOs. And that's really what they mean. And he can break this down through etymology and polyglottal symbolism. So, Damn. Yeah. That'd be a cool name for a band, though. Poly what was the last one? Uh, polyglottal symbolism. So it's like polyglottal is in let's say, your tongue, so different languages, and it's he breaks it down. How like in Hebrew, Aramaic, Persian, uh, you know, all these other Slavic. It's like he can explain the same words are like their uh, angels are supposed to be boats and government and basically reptilians. Those three were and the fiery ones. So those are all interchangeable in all of these languages. And yeah, so I, I'm going to have a discussion with him soon, and that'll be a lot of fun. But thank you. I'm super happy to be here. Um, man, we're super fucking happy you're here, dude. This is, uh, we're already <laughs> learning shit straight out the gate. This is amazing, yeah. see? All you, all you motherfuckers. I'm like Nick Fury. I get to bring my Avengers. I love this. Okay. <coughs> uh, last but certainly not least, man, brother, tell us your name, tell us where you're from, and uh, tell us your favorite theory. Yes, so my name is Niels. I'm from Germany. I just came here to Canada. I'm also with Generation Z here with Real on behalf of Dave. And my favorite theory is, um, well, basically the entire reptile story, right, with the lizards. And, uh, you know, when it started, where it started, and everything around it, basically. Right on. Hell yeah. That's like some kind of Welcome like to Canada. We're in masochistic, Canada too. Uh, masochistic traveling. You're going from Germany to Canada. What's worse, Germany <laughs> or Canada right now? Good question. And there's a lot of snow, so I'm going to say. It was, a, it was an easy transition for you culturally, though, right? We're glad you're here regardless. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's so cool. I think that Germany was like, they're on the verge of making compulsory jabs. Even though, so that was like, from what I understand, Nils kind of like wanted to get out of there. But then, yeah. of course, you come to Canada. That's where I am as well. We're actually in the same province. Um, yeah, Did you get that Manitoba, book I but, sent you? Oh, yeah. Thank you. And I just lent it to my lady friend. And I, I uh, read through half of it. And then I was like, holy shit, you're going through a harder time. You're going to benefit from this a lot more than I am right, right now. On. But it's amazing. Like, right yeah, on. Yeah. 
Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that everyone is here. This is amazing. Thank you all again so much. And thank you all out there for watching and listening. Uh, let's talk about some UFOs. We've already got some amazing theories. They cross the gamut. Now, one thing I will notice uh, is that all of us have evolved past nuts and bolts craft coming from other planets, which I think is very interesting. I didn't hear anyone say that. So, I, uh, you know, I, I think that that's where this is going. And of course, with all these amazing theories, I mean, even Jacques Vallée is out there listening to this right now next to some old timey looking radio it's brand new they just put a new put an old thing on it for him and he is loving the <laughs> shit out of these answers because this is the foundation of his work guys like that are the reason that we can go down these and john mack i mean there's countless but jesus man this is wonderful this is just a very cool new generation of ufo observers so i kind of want to jump straight to uh what ufos have to do with what's going on now now back to the corona thing i think that was amazing uh, i wanted to tie in you know the ufo flap that seems to be occurring now also this disclosure uh, which i definitely uh, empathize with you i don't think is what we think it's going to be or we it, what we think it's going to be not what everybody else thinks it's going to be uh, so what do you guys think about the role that ufos play in modern society right now with all of us it's a good question brandon I think they are here at a crucial time, and I hope I'm not leading the rest of the conversation. Feel free to disagree with me, folks. But I, I feel like they're here uh, at a certain time doing a certain thing that to us seems very invasive, maybe from a certain perspective. I just had a conversation with a really brilliant guy who was talking about, his name's Neil Guar. He's talking about how his what he's seen looking at this for the past 25 years is it seems like the grays or maybe the, the folks that are abducting people, they're doing this in order to alter the genetics of human beings so that they can incarnate spiritually in a human vessel. I'm sure, you know, this guy isn't the only person who's talked about this. You might have all heard this theory from a dozen different authors. It's pretty well established but i think there may be some truth to that where you know even like the the first abduction case with betty and barney hill you know they talked about how when Benny's teeth came out he had dentures the aliens were like oh my gosh did we hurt him like th this is all of course like from a um hypnotist session right they were able to re retrace some of these memories that they were having post abduction but I just thought hearing that it was so interesting, like that these aliens, you know, they can't be so uh, perfect, you know, as we might think if they're doing something like being shocked by dentures, you know, like it clearly an example like that, whether true or not, I think indicates the um, equality of species and maybe that they're not like these almighty beings who run us and know every little you know, way to manipulate us. I think they're just as fallible as we are, and they're trying to get onto this earth for whatever reason. But it's just, you know, strange that these aliens wouldn't be aware of dentures, you know. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. <laughs> That's a good point. That. There's a lot of people we've talked to that think that every alien encounter or every alien is uh, a positive, and I strongly disagree. There are so many cases of... Uh, any all the different races of aliens being awful to humans. So I, I, I think I can't remember who we were talking to, but he, he thinks that everything is positive. They're here to help us. And I'm like, well, if you look at all the case studies, 
that is not true. There are so many times when it's gone south really fast. So it does seem like they have kind of a human element in that they, they're not perfect. They don't know everything. Uh, there's stories of men in black not being able to figure out how to open a fucking door. And yes. it's just yeah. weird stuff like that, you know? Yep. I think it's kind of like people, though, with, with um, animals. So I don't know how animals think. We assume that they're so lowly and stupid. But if you take your dog to the vet to get fixed, just say... The dog's going to be probably terrified. She's going in for a surgical procedure or he, whatever, and they get put to sleep. They wake up. They're different. They're hurt. But you took them to do that, and they just think we're so advanced, but we're just we're just helping them. And we could make a mistake in that process, too. It doesn't matter. It's not – I don't know. I just And I also think, um, like, cattle farmers or people who um, are injecting hormones into chickens to make them huge or whatever, that's not for positive – and they have no idea why it's happening. And just when we hear stories of aliens abducting people and doing weird things to them, I don't know. It just, it might be super nefarious too. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Definitely I don't think it's a positive. I think uh, there's, a, there's a thought that I can't really get, uh, I, I can't get away from is that there seems to be a lot of attention on humans, whether that's by one alien race or several, whatever the uh, the case may be. And so, like, there's one thing that I really can't get away from is that there's something super special about humans. Why would people travel the entire, you know, travel the length of the galaxy, whether that is through wormholes or time travel or whatever? What is it about us that they find so interesting? Is it that it's because they've obviously been here for a while. You've got all those stories in um, ancient Egypt, uh, South America, all these obvious references to aliens, if, you know, you know, the ancient aliens and stuff like that. So it's like, what is it about? And I, I think it, it, it is that, that may, I mean, maybe there was some DNA stuff going on and they've just been monitoring us ever since. And maybe that's even, maybe that's just how it's done. You know what I mean? Like maybe there was a single alien race that started going around and just like starting new races. Maybe that's a thing that, that they do. Or maybe there's just something about humans, and and for whatever reason, the humans that run our planet try everything in their power to make sure that we are not self-actualized, fully, fully functioning human beings in in a whole bunch of different ways. So like that's that's one thing that I can't get away from. I I, I don't know what you guys think about it, but um because I I, I think about music like I I can almost say. With, with a fair amount of certainty that if there's other alien races and all that things, they do not make the type of music that we make, bro. You know, Rick and Morty human about... music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's a, because something like that, it takes, it takes an incredible amount of creativity and study and um, just being special. You know, anybody could pick up a guitar and start playing, but there are some people that are just more special than others. And so I, I, I just think that for what, it, what is it about humans that they, that, I mean, it could be because we, we have the potential to blow up the galaxy because we're a little, a little too destructive and a little too emotional, a little too advanced for, you know, um, for uh, our mental capabilities and all that stuff or just too greedy or whatever the fuck it is. And they feel like they need to keep us in check. But uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see what you guys think about that. You know, if I could, if I can run it back to what Mark was saying about the reincarnation thing, like if if reincarnation is true to me that kind of implies that humanity humans have some sort of a you know quote soul if you will something that is able to be reincarnated and in that sense i can see that we might be special you could feasibly conceive of a species out there 
that doesn't contain souls, right? Like, I mean, who knows? But like, if, if this reincarnation thing is true, if they're dealing with something like that, I think that could be a factor. Yeah, like an AI, for instance. Like if an AI is really what this is, because you hear a lot of it being very robotic in nature. Now that may be cultural differences, but it's something worth noting. Um, now we do actually have a few experiencers here tonight. So um, Peter, I mean, tell us what the aliens told you, man. Yeah. Um, well, they straight up, the Grace straight up told me that, that their job is to uh, work, quote, you know, it's all telepathic. They don't speak in words. They told me their job is to work on human souls, some sort of development. I was up there. I saw, I saw capsules that contained this weird looking sparkly light. And I saw some tall gray with like a prod or something doing, doing something to it. And they said that was their job. They said uh, they were created to work on souls. Did they say who their employer is? Yeah, they said that they were uh, created by the uh, man mantis, mantis guys. Wow. Did you sense a life force yeah. in them or did you sense something just pretty robotic? Like what we're talking about. <laughs> you know, I asked them that when they told me this. Um, my, my first question was like, I'm in awe of these dudes, right? I'm like, wow, you guys are, you guys are fucking superheroes. So I said, you know, I said, yo, if like, if you work on souls, can we ever like come back as you, if you are getting reincarnated and stuff? And, um, the, the guy, the gray kind of thought that was amusing. Like they have a, they have a sense of humor in my experience a little bit. He thought it was amusing. And he said, no, no, no. He said, no, we don't have souls. He said, we're biological robots, if you will, that were created to do this. See, and this is one of the reasons like something like a hybridization program or them dicking with us or thinking that we're special. We, we can look at it because from our perspective, yeah, that seems like a lot of time to waste because we have a certain amount of time. Maybe they do not. They're not limited by time because they're not you know, mortal in the sense of that, or they're self-replicating and it's kind of, you know, operated by like a hive Borg type consciousness. So really it's just like another bee. Uh, so maybe it's something like that, that they have all the time in the world, literally, uh, to just dig with us. And that's their job as, as Peter was talking about. Now, I don't know, uh, Chris, did you want to share your experience? Well, um, I mean, my experiences with, was a little different than a traditional contact experience. It started through, uh, it started with meditation experiences and I made contact with, now I have an understanding of, you know, this phenomenon being very spiritual and the beings that I contacted, uh, I consider more angelic than anything. You could call them extraterrestrials because they're not human, um, but what the the messages that i've been getting and i actually had another experience yesterday um is that we're this whole thing is part of uh, evolving human consciousness the phenomenon changes with with us we're so connected to this thing that uh we our evolution is also their evolution and basically we're tired of the bullshit we've been putting ourselves through as of humanity, it's kind of egregorical. We're creating everything that we're facing, that we're going through, and hopefully it'll come to a point where we have an understanding of who we are, 
our connection to these things and we won't have to keep fucking up anymore, basically. And that's one of the main messages that I've really been getting is that it's, it's us consistently messing up and trying to fix our own mistakes with more mistakes, basically. And that's where we're at now. You know, fascinating what you say about our evolution is their evolution, because that's exactly how the phenomenon mimics itself. It's one step conceptually out of what we can actually achieve in physical reality, uh, all the way back to the Vikings, um, but saying that they had wooden ships in the sky that were flying. They reported wood, not metal, shiny, not uh, wheel within a wheel, not angels, none of that. Wooden ships, so they could visualize this thing. They just couldn't make the bastard float off the ground. So, again, it's kind of like one step outside. That's an interesting uh, perspective, Chris, dude. Badass. Uh, so, Ryan, uh, do you mind telling us that creepy-ass story um, that still keeps me awake at night? Which one was, which you, one was that? Dude? So, for the, he is a contactee dialed to 11. I'm shocked uh, they've let him sit here this long without snatching his ass up. Um, <laughs> you, so the uh, one, honestly, yeah, which, the one with the picture of your room in it. Do you know which one, what I'm talking about? The, the one where yep. they've got my... Yeah taken over my eyes uh, yeah some yes. sometimes when they come uh, anyway that these dudes they call themselves Majina. now they are identical to the beings that charles hall talks about in his millennial hospitality books when i discovered his millennial hospitality books and i said these are the same dudes tall really thin white hair huge eyes some of them when they get really old start to develop pink eyes really long hands four fingers with a uh, vestigial thumb further up their hand they um they can end up being like i've seen them eight nine foot tall oh, some of their priest class wears cloaks full length cloaks with hoods that are, that come as well sometimes so these dudes i've known since i was a kid but i thought they were fairies and elves but you know the nahuishlan the gaelic fairies were tall fair chirping whistling subterranean dwelling beings that floated around on the horizon and dusk it's an exact description of the tall whites as described by Charles Hall. These are the same beings that I've co in co contact with. They use camouflage languages where they bark and growl and chirp and also hoot. Sometimes they wear dark clothes, skin tight clothes with fake like prosthetic claws, glowing red eyes, helmets that have like ridges on them with a large piece that comes up the nose over the top of the head to resonate and amplify sounds. And then they do this real and do this really powerful sound and carry massive distances they when when i was a kid they told me they were saucepan people and i was like i don't really know what that means and then later on they said we are from the saucepan now the saucepan is a is the constellation over orion it's slang for orion in australia we say the saucepan or it's upside down for us and it's not the whole constellation but just a section of it they said, we are flesh and bone. We are not, we are exactly the same as you. And then I was, and then I said to them, as I got older, you are from our past. Like perhaps like a, you're too similar to us. Perhaps, you know, like a, 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 a an earlier branch of evolution that left our earth early on that's returned. And they said, it's more complicated than that. And then they said later on, we are you, we are your future. Now they have returned to our ancient past, are permanently here, subterranean dwelling beings are constantly moving through our world mess with our mind with telepath tech i call it in their helmets they're no more naturally telepathic than we are um they they um, interbreed with us they're still closely enough related so you know uh 
Antonio Villas Boas met these beans in Brazil, although they weren't very old, so they were quite short. It can take them a hundred years just to get to six foot, and then they keep on growing. By the time they get seven, eight hundred years old, they can be as high as ten foot tall. Um, Peter Curry in Sydney met these same beans, huge blue eyes, fine white hair. Um, I don't know whether you'd call them, you know, Homo orionis or Homo sapiens orionis, is maybe a subspecies of ours. Um, uh, they're so genetically close. So this is where McTurney's, I think he was spot on with this particular race because they have impoverished genetics from genetic tampering, from trying to lengthen their lifespans, which was effective and other reasons besides, but that was particularly effective. They can in theory live to ages of seven, 800 years, but they are susceptible to disease, um, infections. If they are hurt, it takes them a lot longer to heal. Um, so they came back to archaic versions of themselves and of and uh, constantly reinvigorating their own genetic and tampering like going back to the source they couldn't fix it themselves so they had to go back to humans homo sapiens healthy before we started messing with our own dna too much um now so i've had heaps of experiences with these dudes um they they you they uh, they apologized for the, what they call mesmerization and they said we apologize for the memory alteration and I said, that's cool, dudes. I think you know what you're doing more than I do. Uh, and and uh, for the past 10 years, I've been having heaps of experiences with them since I moved back to where I grew up. Um, but And they play different games. Uh, they, they can become in, in their black suits. They can levitate, pass through walls. They can become invisible. They move objects around. Um, it depends on how much they like you, you know, like if you're in a place that's too close to one of their underground habitations and they want you out, they can be very aggressive, violent, um, instill fear into your mind to repel you or expel you. They can also instill great love and feelings of love into your mind to disarm you. They sort of make judgments of what kind of person you are. Split second when they meet you, read your mind and say, is this person the kind of person that will respond best to putting fear into their mind or love uh, to disarm you, you know? But um, they can take over your visual cortex. So I think what Brandon's particularly talking uh, about is there's been some times where I've woken up, I can feel the presence in the room and then feel hands on me. But when I'm actually looking at the room, it just looks like my room and the ceiling still. But then I'll feel them roll me over. But the, the actual vision, the, the, the impression on my eyes will be still like I'm not moving. Right. And they'll and push me over onto the bed and then start drilling or uh, working on me. Usually when I ask them what they've been doing, they'll tell me, they'll say transmitter. Or one time they said, when they did one in the top of my head, they said for language. Um, and then I said, well, what's that mean? And they said, it's a gift. Get over it. Stop going on about it. <laughs> um, now, I don't know whether that means they were taking some for me. They, 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 were trying to mimic or whether they implanted something on it but i think i've had stuff put into the bottom of my foot i've never actually had scans done to see whether i've actually got anything in me i think that would sort of be disrespectful um but um yeah they can mesmerize you they can manipulate you they can make you i can like they could also um use a kind of mesmerization and a kind of i suppose you'd say like a screen memory where they can convince you you're talking to someone else uh, which they've done to me before. Um, 
yeah I've, I've got i've had so many experiences i've had thousands and thousands of experiences especially in the last 10 years when i moved back to where i grew up and they have underground habitation in bass strait between the state of mainland of victoria and tasmania but they have habitations all over the world in state parks national parks wilderness areas and they move with the warmth so you're not likely to uh, habitations will remain dormant in colder periods um and yeah I, I i'm not quite sure what stuff would be the most scary if you want me to tell you scary stuff because i don't find it scary anymore but i used to be incredibly frightened but they were not respectful necessarily of the fear they would say to them they'd say oh, we roll our eyes at you they'd say weak don't be afraid and they stopped being afraid and we got along much better then Hey Ryan, when oh, I'm sorry, when you say that they like you, they you could see they you were they were seeing through your eyes or whatnot. Are you talking about them kind of inhabiting your physical body? Because I've had experience like that with the Greys before. Can you go a little bit further into that? Well, yeah, they they can see through your eyes. So they said that to me as well. They said if you want to look into our eyes during the day, look in the mirror. Because they can, they're, they put shit in you so they can see. But I was actually talking more about trying to keep me calm or like I maybe they thought what I would, would have seen if they allowed me to actually see where I was would have upset me too much. So they took over my visual cortex, but, but it was sort of primitive in the sense that it was just the one image, regardless of I was trying to turn my eyes and turn my head and it's still the same image, Broken video which is pretty freaky, like you know. That. That part right there, that's the part that creeps me out. Can you all imagine that, that something is fixed in your vision, even though you know, and Equilibrium's telling you, you know you're moving around and you should be seeing other things. But no, it's just yeah, your feeling in a Hampton yeah. Bay up there just kind of hanging out. Creepy. I mean, absolutely that's creepy. so alien, too, that they would <sighs> think that would be way more calming, but in reality, that would be significantly more terrifying. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, it's exactly. so gangster that they're just like, stop being a pussy. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's okay. so gangster. Just take it. Yeah, I have take so it. many questions, bro. I got so many questions. I got to get you on the show. This is like, oh, yeah. I, I don't I'll know. I'll look what... you two up. Yeah, for sure. I think, I, I think, like, because when I had first listened to this episode, you know, I was, I was driving. I was, like, driving, listening to it, like, you know, between rides I, I, I uber on the on the side and like i just remember like getting the chills so what is it? these guys have no sense of aesthetics or all of these things that they augment themselves with is is purely for function uh yeah they are they like that they, fucked up that they need they, all yeah that they, stuff? if they if they didn't have um access to their technologies they wouldn't last long anymore not um and as they get older and older they become more and more feeble and their organs start to shut down because as well as being stretched with the height of their bodies, their organs don't necessarily grow at the same speed as the rest of their bodies. And their hearts and lungs are trying to work for a, a being that's substantially bigger than it was, you know, like a hundred years earlier or whatever. They end up having all these uh, medical issues, um, slow, um, yeah, slow healing, but also um, not very dense musculature. So they're not very strong, although they move fast. And they have this kind of twitchy, jerky presence. So when they're in your presence, they can shoot to another side of the room really quickly. And as you're talking to them, they twitch and they and they grab they'll grab stuff and it'll be really fast. Um, but uh, yeah, it, if so, their their technology is like especially the, what I call Boas suits, and I named it after Antonio Villas Boas because he saw a version of these suits. I think these dark suits. Um, 
they um they require them they can make them super strong um you know and also impervious to harm they can also make them intangible so they can pass through solid objects so i don't know i mean presumably they're shifting their atomic structure to a you know accommodate the objects around them and they say to me we are we are flesh and bone like i said before they have now this you know these dichotomies of spirituality and material world or whatever start to break down when you're talking about a nuts and bolts technology that is so sophisticated that they can travel through wormholes they can pass through solid objects and you start to say well what's like this sort of sounds spiritual doesn't it but they see it themselves as being uh material and um they do have spirit they do have spirituality um we were talking about souls before they don't believe in atomic souls they don't believe that anything has a soul other than the one soul the soul of which and all of us are like restricted retracted beings of one soul like it could have like an idea of you know if you put a colander over a, a light bulb and there's a source light and then there's all these little lights being shone shone under the ceiling none of those lights has its own individuality really in the end that they are separate lights is an illusion and once you take the thing away you know you can see that, that it's all one so that's the way they kind of see things they don't they don't believe in individual souls um but um anyway yeah uh, and but yeah they will i'm sorry i'm rambling a bit but they do they rely on their technologies now constantly I, I, trying to sorry yeah no go ahead oh they're, they're trying they're always trying to fix their dna but it's like they can't fix it anymore because they've messed with it so much so it's the genetic engineering has destroyed them. They're unraveling and they, they need to interbreed with us every few generations, or maybe it's even every generation. I'm not quite sure how often um, in the, and they consider the act of the, the sexual act to be sacred. They don't want to skip that if possible. Um, so they're less likely, this particular race is less likely to just, you know, try and grow babies in a vat or something like that. They, um, they, they are like succubi and incubi. They visit people. Um, it's supposed to be consensual, they say, but the thing is, this is an ethical issue. And I, I think this, if you, if someone, if you present a scenario to people and say, we are this race, we are dying. We are future versions of yourselves. Can you help us? Give them some. And you say, yeah, sure. Yeah. Then they remove your memory of having acquiesced. <laughs> and then if you've, if they've removed your memory of consent, is it still consensual? I'd say perhaps not, but they think yes. So they, um, so people, you know, that are in their breeding programs all over the world, you might think your house is haunted because they, you see dark figures, you hear boots on your roof at night, you hear people laughing in your house, poltergeist activity, things like this. This is usually them, not necessarily deceased spirits and things like this. I would think mostly them. And they've always been here, you know, and even like um, uh, Robert Kirk, you know, they wrote the secret, secret Commonwealth of Elves fauns and fairies in the 1600s a scottish minister he wrote about the fairies and elves subterranean dwelling beings whistling beings like these guys whistle he said um that uh they are responsible for poltergeist activity he'd worked that out way back then it's the elves he what he called underground inhabitants or elves um but uh anyway Amazing. Yeah. So, so, so they're met. I should, I need to buy your book, Ryan. Sorry, and read about this stuff instead of grilling you here. But so their mes their mesmerization technology 
is different than like say the the typical gray mesmerization where the grays have you stare into their eyes and kind of enter their consciousness and stuff you're talking about like some sort of advanced technology that allows them to mesmerize you right yeah that's right you don't have to be looking at them that's for sure and they i think there is a limit to the distance they can do it when they're wearing the tech but when they actually put junk in your head technology in you i think then they can communicate with you from massive distances if they want to. But for the average person that they haven't um, added any technology to their heads, they, you need to be in their sphere of influence kind of thing. And then you can also hear their thoughts. Um, you hear, can hear their thoughts, abstract thoughts, visual images, even when they're communicating with other, each other. Sometimes I think they can switch that off so, then, so that you don't hear them. But sometimes they allow you to hear them interacting and, and the verbal dialogue can be like, it's linguistic in the sense that it feels like they're speaking in a language that you speak, like mother tongue, English, say. Um, but they express, it's expressed so much faster. So like a sentence, like if I said, I am sitting in a room, that takes a certain amount of time to articulate that sentence. With them, it's just like that, like a packet of information. And, and you can almost feel a thump in your head. When they're particularly close, my ears pop. And I don't know what, that's about but um and they it feels like the even though it's it feels like a sentence it can be obviously feminine obviously masculine or neither in particular and it, it's like it's three-dimensional not not like you can see letters or anything like that but like the sounds are somehow three-dimensional like like there's an object that's been put in your head that is a sentence in english i just I, like i can't there's no words to describe it really it's just absolutely bizarre so um sorry yeah uh, no please go ahead go ahead um no well that's yeah I, I, they can influence and they can suggest things to you yeah um they can take away your fear they can suggest to you there's someone else or they can instill these kinds of images like these kinds of understandings like um that you are apathetic you know like you might be having this experience like there's an eight foot tall guy with huge blue eyes with fine white hair standing in my kitchen and i think that that's normal until he's gone and then i'm like holy fuck like they they can remove the critical functioning of your brain <laughs> and see Bruh. this is what's so interesting because this is such a technology but peter you have a very different experience with this and a lot of people report this is this more of an astral body that they ap apprehend or take over that that's how you're able to phase through walls is one interpretation of it so this is what's so interesting about this you have a flesh and blood entity highly advanced technologically that's just degraded and devolved genetically and now it needs our help right by banging their progenitors and then um as joe said sticking stuff in our b-holes um, but peter has a very different experience like a lot of people with this astral body type of a thing which even in reiki you can affect energies and put things in there and then it physically transforms onto the body or affects the body in a different way. Healing can be done. Uh, this is again, how Reiki acupuncture, these type of systems work. They work on the structure of your body, uh, your astral structure rather than your physical body. But that is what repairs your physical. So Peter, uh, you can just sit there and go, you know what? I want to be on a UFO right now. And then bing, bong, boom, Bob's your uncle, yada, yada, you're there. So it's a very different experience for you, though. It's not a technology. It's a spiritual experience. 
Yeah, I, I, I kind of got to go through a process. I can't do it in a minute. That's the but I got a process I go through. But yeah, but yeah, no, you're right. It's it's so funny because what Ryan talks about, about how like it takes a certain amount of time for you to think of a question and verbalize it. But the, that same telepathy type thing happens with the grays as well. But it's, you know, the, the, the minute the thought comes into your head, they know what you're thinking. They answer the question before you think to answer it. But yeah, like like Brandon was saying, it just seems to be a different style. In in my experience with the Greys, it seems that they have somehow evolved this ability to do that. Whereas these guys you were talking about, like they've developed the technology to do that. It's a trip though to, to see the similarities between the two, you know, different D different ways to get there yeah interesting and that's the same dude by the way yeah um the the idea that um formulating a question they'll already respond to you you just sort of think you're trying to get your thoughts together and they've already responded to you and they said to me as well don't think in a language they said don't think in english hmm. because they get an echo because they already know what you want to say so if then if you're sort of like trying to express it slowly in a language they're like no nah, stop that yeah. yeah it's not words it's ideas <laughs> Yeah. You know, what I'm thinking of when I hear this stuff is because of the different techniques or styles. Let's say, let's relate it back to kind of how humans treat animals in the wild, okay? Let's say that you have a research uh, department from Canada and they're out there and they're like, okay, we're going to go explore Africa. We're going to find this one animal and trank it and study it. Okay, so they go and they trank this poor bastard. Well, that animal if it's still conscious when they reach it or whatever its experience is, it's going to have a very different experience than the one, than the team from the Netherlands, the way that they study and the equipment that they use or the team from South America. So perhaps there's different techniques. There's different things that they're looking for. There could be a physical component to this and an astral component to this. This could be people that are driving your avatar coming down here to upgrade some shit. Like, oh my God, mom just gave me five extra space bucks and I'm going to upgrade my avatar with this dope drill in its head we just need to put a weird picture in its face for a minute it, it could be some weird stuff like that but i i think that maybe i mean what this is kind of leading to is that there's kind of specialists you know there's like the podiatrist that just works on your on your skull or something and then you've got the grays that are more astrally focused you know that's more of their practice you know perhaps i mean it seems like that could explain some of the varieties of races and techniques yeah, Chris, and what I, do you think? Um, I'd be I'd be super interested in um, getting people's take on astral projection because I've got a lot of experience with this. Peter. And recently, recently I decided that I'm done with it. Um, so what happens every time um, that I encounter an entity when I'm astral projecting? Because it, it always happens. Uh, like I have super super vivid dreams, and so I've always been. Uh, I, I I always think that I'm going somewhere else anyway. But with astral projection, it's totally different, totally different sensation. I'm still, like, aware of my surroundings. And one of the more recent times, I was just taking a nap midday. And it's funny, too, Bo, we were just talking about I was taking a nap today. I don't take naps often, but this is what happens. Um, no, so I I, uh, I I was almost on the verge of napping, and I started to feel myself come out of my body. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, I, I wasn't even trying to do this. I used to go through a whole process to make it happen. And, and I just stopped because it was a lot of – it's so much effort to make it happen. And um, so I could hear my roommate. He just walked in the door and he's he like he's screwing around, like trying to cook something. This dude like bangs everything. Bah, 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 bah. And so I was like, all right, you know what I'm going to do? I always wanted to test this. I always wanted to test to see if um, 
when I astral project, if I'm actually seeing reality, three-dimensional reality, or if it's something else, if it's somewhere else. So I was like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to see what he's wearing. And then I'm going to jump back in my body and I'm going to, you know, test that out. So I went out into the kitchen and he was wearing a yellow flannel, but as is all the entities that I encounter when I'm astral projecting, he didn't have a face and he was very aggressive and he tried to attack me. Always happens. Like I'm always running away from these guys and like you're, you're in this space and like, you're like trying to grab onto things because you're like swimming, floating, like almost in space. You know what I mean? And you're trying to, so I had to get back to my body and, uh, you know, I woke up and I went out there and he was wearing a red flannel. Now, the only caveat to this is that the dude's wearing flannels often. Like me and him, we, we really like flannels. Um, so I don't know if that was just like my imagination or, or like the astral realm kind of, um, accommodating something that it knew I would recognize. But, um, so, uh, I went like when I went out and I was like, okay, well he is cooking and he is wearing a red, he's wearing a flannel. It's not the same color flannel, but I, I just, I can't do it anymore because these entities are just, they're very aggressive. And I never, I, I have no feeling of love when I'm there. Every time I'm there, I feel like this is, this place is not for me. And everybody that I encounter is telling me, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and as someone who also is from New England, the flannel thing might not be as common everywhere else, but it's pretty common here, so I understand why that's associated with the scary dreams. I, too, get scary dreams when I see flannel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something, though, that I read out of that, maybe reading too much into it, but who knows, is, is that, yes, he was wearing a flannel, but the color was interesting because he, he was wearing yellow but angry. And what color would you associate with anger? Red. Okay, so perhaps when you woke up, you actually read into his mood and his shirt. Well, like I mean, the, he was all happy cooking steak, though. The color of his shirt. It's weird. Right. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's possible. But like I said, every time I'm I'm in that realm, every entity I encounter is very aggressive, and they don't want me there. And they try it's to mirrors of you. What's going on with your subconscious, Bubba? Hey, I'm just fucked paranoid, up, bro. Jay. Stop being <laughs> no, yeah. no, yeah, I'm fucked up. Yeah. Well, Brown, what do you what do you think, man? We've been talking about some cool theories. I mean, what what do you think about this abduction phenomena between the possibly tech, you know, technological and the spiritual? Do you think there's a blend there, or that they're different? Uh, I think there there's probably a blend, and I like what you said. I think we talked about something similar when I was on your show a little while back, where. Um, so what I do for a living, one of the things that I do for a living is data analysis, which pretty much means I take raw data and I present it in a visual simplistic way for, for managers. And so I have this skill of, of taking complex looking data and simplifying it. Now that doesn't mean that I'm interpreting things correctly, but when I hear all, all these experiences and how different they are, but how specific they are too, um, that tells me that it's very much, it can be a similar relationship that humans have towards animals in the wild. Where as Brandon was saying, yeah, it might be the Canadian scientist versus the Norwegian scientist or whatever, but it could also be a difference between a scientist taking the animal from the wild or a poacher taking the animal from the wild. They're gonna have different technologies because poachers probably have rudimentary technology. Whereas a scientist is going to have much a much bigger budget, of course, and they'll have fancier toys. Now, if if assuming plenty of those animals survive to tell their tales to their animal buddies, 
I would imagine that their conversations would sound very similar to our conversation here. Very specific, yet very different experiences. How do, how do you explain that? Just very, you know, potentially a, a very similar intelligence to human intelligence, but with very different goals. Poaching, scientific research, taking animals for pets. I mean, there's countless reasons in this spectrum of uh, good to bad because a positive, a positive encounter, you know, a healing encounter, for example, that we hear a lot about with abductions or with uh, just UFO encounters. In some cases, the uh, the Bledsoe case springs to mind. Um, I saw once like a National Geographic segment where uh, scientists took an, a tiger from the wild who had a, a tooth infection. Uh, they had been tracking this tiger for their own scientific purpose, uh, purposes, and this thing uh, got a tooth infection. Well, they, they put it out, they took it into the lab for a, a day or two, operated on its tooth, fixed it, and then put it back in the wild. This thing probably had no idea what would happen to, as far as the tiger's concerned, they were just healed by something. Who knows what it was? Kind of like how some of some people just experience healings for whatever reason. Why? Who knows? Um, maybe it's a it's a valued human to this phenomenon for whatever reason. So they got to keep it alive. You got to keep them alive. Um, and so I think that uh, if I try to make any sense of what I'm hearing, it would be that this analogy of humans versus animals in the wild and why we take them, why we just kill them for either no reason or to eat them or for all kinds of reasons. And that is why animals probably have no idea why we do what we do. Just like it doesn't seem like we have an idea why they do what they do. You know, you're absolutely right. And think of the innate fear that animals have, like in the wild. They're very suspicious of us, not necessarily of each other or like a bird or something like that. They're very familiar with that. Their environments train them to be that way through genetics over generations. But they're very apprehensive about us and for good reason, right? We tend to lock up or some reports say, some contactees will report that they lock up. That's where that uh, sleep paralysis or something comes from. There is this terrifying fear and that feeling may be genetic also, but also the sense of relief whenever they are shown. Now, this could also be, like Ryan was saying, a technological manipulation to where they can implant those feelings into you just like anything else, like make you think you see an owl, but it was really a gray. I mean, all these, there's countless examples of this. But I think that the phenomena of abduction specifically does tend to lean more from our reference point, just for vernacular's sake, to exactly what we're talking about, how we treat a separated species in the wild from ourselves and the myriad of ways that that presents itself. So excellent point, everyone. Awesome. And the one thing I do want to add to that, that's somebody brought up AI. I think it was you, Brandon, uh, a few minutes ago. And this goes back to, I think it was the first episode that I released and it had this concept or this question of can AI experience high strangeness? Mm. Because let's say, for example, in 25, 30, 50 years, whenever we are, probably will become more surveilled to a more 1984-esque type of reality where everything's monitored, our sleeping patterns, everything, every cameras everywhere. What if, for example, you know, I hear a lot of these stories of shadow people, people wake up in the middle of the night, they see a shadow person in their bedroom, right, right up there, and then it's gone or whatever, you know, these very weird, but very short stories. What if we take one of those stories 
and copy and paste it in, you know, in this hypothetical future where everything is surveilled constantly. Like Alexa is everywhere at this point, let's say. Let's say somebody has an experience with a shadow person. They wake up, it's right there in front of their face and then it just disappears. They wake up for real and they're like, Alexa, did you see that? And I think what will say a lot or what, what can tell us maybe a little bit more about this overall phenomena is whether or not Alexa will say, yeah, I did see that, or no, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Because that will tell us that it only affects human consciousness or it affects any consciousness, you know? And that will tell us something at least. Oh, great point, man. Great point. I mean, Mark, you're the one that talks about this all the time. I think of you every time I think of this, that elements are in all of this stuff. So robots still have elements from Earth which have properties. Uh, silica is a huge one, and that's a massive conductor of consciousness. So this all boils down to these elements that do have life-giving properties. So they're made of those things. So there possibly is something in that just on materials alone. You think about the crystals people carry around in their pockets and then constructing an AI brain based on that that stores you know, uh, quartz as an incredible storage unit. That's what they, you know, one of the speculations about the crystal skulls. And this is one thing I wanted to bring up. So Mark Ali, I just had him on the show. Highly recommend any of y'all that need his contact. Let me know, he's phenomenal. He talked about this with the crystal skulls, elongated skulls like we see in Peru, how the seams do not match up. I forget the technical name for it. Anybody know it? The ridges on your head, on your skull? No. Is it uh, dermal, dermal ridges, I think. Okay. We'll go with any of those things. One of <laughs> your favorite smart-sounding one, we'll go with that. But the way that they're designed, and then he was doing you know, some math on like, um, you know, uh, cognitive ability and size and what they what areas of the brains would be larger by three times at least by his estimations and what that would look like or translate to in our physical world with telepathy with ability to do sound technologies that perhaps is how all these amazing monoliths were built but it was an ancient ancestor of ours or an ancient ancestor at least that inhabited earth and then perhaps there is some sort of seeding that took place and they knew that some shit was about to go down but they had time travel technology so actually they are still time travelers but Kind of like what Ryan's saying. Ryan, I think you're more time shift over and then time travel, but this is this place in our ancient past. And then they're coming here now because it's almost like, uh, you know, they were our parents and they went away for the weekend uh, while the earth kind of went through its shit or whatever. And now that this age of enlightenment perhaps is here, um, they're coming back. And we're the kids they're that stayed home and fucked everything up with a party. Yeah. So uh, it could be something like that where it's this like past. And then they're coming back. And that may be what this, you know, flaps all about. We know spiritually, uh, age of Aquarius, all that good stuff energetically. Uh, things are changing quite a bit here. So if you think about it, you know, they dip out, you know, thousands of years ago. Or maybe they came back for Tataria and then dipped out after that. And then they just kind of spring forward. And then they come take it back over from the uh, children that have destroyed it. I love looking at the differences and similarities between like the more physical and non-physical phenomenon. Like what Ryan was saying with these beings seems, you know, there's a lot of physical aspects of this, but with mine is completely non-physical. I didn't even see these beings. I was communicating through meditation, but they did appear in my mind's eye as like etheric little animal beings uh, with wearing robes. But the similarities were the, also the love that I felt they it's like they projected this amazing feeling of love it felt like i was on a drug really and also the telepathic communication it was instantaneous and i remember saying man i love talking like this i wish i could do this with everyone it's so efficient 
it's so easy. It's so wonderful. Uh, so I love, you know, those comparisons. Podcasting would be a little bit different. Gear would be cheaper, probably. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's right. a bit scary. I don't know if I want people knowing what I'm thinking all the time, to tell you the truth. You don't want to know what I'm thinking though. ever, ever. That's an interesting one. <laughs> ever. Yeah. Anybody um anybody ever uh, heard of Richard Dewhurst? Um, the, is I the have ancient... the same book. Erica. No, yeah. but we um no. we interviewed Hugh Newman a couple of weeks ago, and he's he's like a big guy into giants as well. But in like the UK as well, like he's done a lot of great research on giants. But I haven't heard of that guy. But yeah, that's like the stuff what what we're interested in for sure. Oh, are we bringing giants um, into this? Please do. Um, well, yeah, yeah, Pete. What were you gonna say? Pete, uh, did you say that you knew uh, Richard? You knew about Richard Dewhurst? Oh no, just I've read the book too. That's all. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic yeah. book. Yo, so this the, what's what's dope about this book, and uh, and it's it, it made me think of it because it's also got the, uh, the the elongated skulls in there that they found in South America. Um, but what's dope is that this is just filled with um, with newspaper clippings. It's just it's just newspaper stories from all the way back like 1900. I think it goes back maybe even like late 1800s, huh. and it's just like all these skeletons that have been found, and it's just it's all it it always makes me think like what in the hell are giants doing not just like here's a giant over here that they're all over the fucking place and so that really makes me think of um uh, the 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 dna which oh he's got it right there he's yeah, got it right sure there did. um yeah so it's like um what what what's the deal right is it is it that humans used to be giantism or that the dna was altered it makes me think like ryan's experience has got me all fucked up first of all second of all um like so was the dna where we altered to become smaller was that more of a climate change kind of a thing less oxygen in the air um or do you think or, or does anybody out there that wants to field the question anybody think that that was uh, th that aliens had some type of hand in that so i kind of have if you go to uh, it, you know the science fiction covers this a lot like uh, like uh, if you go to someplace with less gravity and say for instance human race develops over there we're going to be taller we're not going to be we're not going to be fighting gravity. Our, our DNA is going to be like, oh, this is easy, you know, and we're going to elongate and our bone density is going to get smaller or less. And, you know, we will change no matter where we go. We're going to change to fit our environment, you know. So, I mean, I like this idea that we went off and, you know, for some reason we had access or some of us had access to some technology. We went off, then maybe they're coming back and checking on everything. Maybe they do need to say oh man we went to this planet we lost some of our some of the good stuff and now we need this good stuff how do we reintegrate good stuff into our system that, that's a cool idea right cool yeah right well as somebody who's almost a giant myself i do take offense to the idea that just because they're tall that would make them somehow alien i'm almost yeah, seven feet tall it. so i don't know uh, but, you are mark I didn't only know you five foot one tall. Yeah. <laughs> almost almost seven i'm six foot eight but i would say i would say that uh i would say that you know there's definitely a weird connection between the phenomena of giant human beings and extraterrestrials if you go back to the age of discovery and uh, magellan's discovery of or alleged discovery of uh, patagonia there's this famous story of how they see a giant human looking man you know just very large man on the beach so they pull their boats up and the giant is kind of like pantomiming to them towards the sky as if to ask did you come from the sky 
clearly they just got off the water. They were on a ship, but there was a connection in that person, that giant person's mind with, you know, a craft, a, a maybe a vessel they've never seen before uh, and some sort of sky being. So I found that pretty Perfect. interesting. I think I was listening to a conversation with author Xavier Hayes and he pointed that out. But yeah, there's a couple different giant stories uh, of, you know, people actually interacting with giants in the 15 and 1400s. So it's not just, you know, skeletons in the ground and underneath mounds. There was, you know, possibly groups of giants living maybe up into a couple hundred years ago. I've even seen pictures, though, of, of even throughout the 1900s of people just like nine feet tall. Yeah. It doesn't happen as often. And, and if, you know, they do get that tall, they, they play basketball. True. Hey, I wanted to actually touch on, uh, Brandon, you asked a question right off. The, uh, and actually, all of these perspectives are so interesting. This is, you know, great to be a fly on the wall here. Um, uh, Brandon, the first question you asked was about like UFOs and how they play into like society right now. And yes. I just wanted to share the idea that it's almost like laying the ground for a one, new one world religion. That's mm. kind of what I think is that uh, there's, they're going to do some fake alien invasion or something. And it's basically going to replace the Catholic church and the Catholic church has already endorsed this. So that's what I think that the actual role in UFOs are now with the mainstream stuff. But at the same time, where uh, somebody's already mentioned it, like cyclical societies, and we are going through a natural evolution, and it's going to happen no matter what. But I think that there's powers that are trying to control that narrative, and if they can keep it as a religion, where it's like, yeah, 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 there's non non human terrestrial uh, intelligence, but you know, just go make sure you go worship every Sunday at this church over here, uh, something like that. And then uh, Jay, you asked about uh, astral projection. And I want to share the idea of uh, fourth dimensional parasites. Uh, I don't know if anybody has ever heard that term or know anything about that, but I've recently been scared off from even trying to astral project. And I think that that's actually uh, a bit of a psyop. Um, sorry about being kind of black pill with a lot of these things, but it's like, you know, you hear so many different ideas and I don't know, but the idea that there's actually a lower, there's the astral realm. And I think there's the lower realm. And then there's the, there's different layers and apparently when you try to go to the astral realm you're actually uh, basically becoming more vulnerable as a spiritual entity and it's easier for these negative e demon uh, negative beings entities whatever to attack you and to to take your energy which is what i think happened to you jay and i recently have experienced that myself where i got like what i think psychically attacked by somebody that had serious trauma and it felt like it was and it's getting me chills thinking about it and it felt like somebody was trying to get in my aura that was not just a physical, like they're angry at me, but it's like, oh shit, like you've got some parasites on your soul and they want to take my energy. And so that that whole thing of the etheric realm, astral realm, raising your vibration, going to another dimension, that stuff, I've been kind of like looking at it in a different lens. And I like the idea actually that you're, you want to lower your your you want to lower your oscillation to match the frequency of the earth. And that's actually kind of living in a more harmonious state than raising your vibration to go into a higher, higher density, because that's actually a realm where we can't really control ourselves, which is the fear of uh, in dreams, why we're so susceptible to having 
these entities latch onto us and control and, and implant ideas and, and memories. And that mesmerizing term was really interesting. Um, but yeah, and uh, Dan Winter is the electrical engineer that he's been on Generation Z giving us lectures about the actual scientific measurable ways of your of actually being able to explain your aura. And he does a ton of work into the galactic history of, of ET Earth, uh, religions, uh, sorry, Earth religions be influenced by non-terrestrial uh, influence. But yeah, long-winded. But I mean, I got to say a lot in a short period of time because we got 12 people here. So no, it's perfect. And yeah. uh, when I did ayahuasca, uh, we set up an Aracana, which is like a protection circle that goes all the way around an area that you've designated is where you're going to be for about the next 10 hours. And so um, you go do this because as you partake in that, uh, you become very spiritually vulnerable. And from outside spirits coming out and things leaving and shit, you just want to isolate. So it is part of the process or part of the ceremony. So there is something to that. Uh, I think it's interesting, too, that this all has these tie-ins, both of them. So it's just a crazy sweep of stuff. Uh, all great points, by the way. I mean, this is easily one of the best UFO panels I've ever uh, seen, uh, let alone been a part of and gotten the honor to talk in. So, um, Artemis, what do you think, darling? Uh, what's going on with all this? Have you guys, you know, uh, come to some new understanding since I last talked to you? Okay, why? I mean, I'm just kind of blown away by everybody's stories tonight, really. Um, so I don't know what to think anymore. Um, it's weird. I'm, I mean, we've spoken to a lot of um, different people. I mean, we spoke to Michael Schratt, um yesterday, and he's like um, an aerospace historian, I guess you could describe him. Yeah. Uh, and like a UFO researcher, of course. Oh, but, but his... Um, but his like research, he he, it's like led him to the conclusion that most of this is our stuff, um, you know. And, and he yeah. gives some great examples. Like we we had him on the show last last night, and he brought up like his I think it was like a I think it was like a presentation for his book what he released, um, with loads of pictures and illustrations and in there to describe all these cases from uh, the blue book files. Um, so it's it's a strange one. I mean, uh, real you touched on it about like a psyop. Um, I'm starting to lean towards that theory, to be honest. Um, like, why now? Why is this all coming out now? You know, why have we been conditioned to think that this is aliens for, like, decades? You know, like, why is why have we been told to believe that that's what it is? You know, and, and that's what makes me question it, is when I'm told to believe something so much, I need to look and see what's going on behind the scenes or what's going on in this way, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um so it's a, it's a weird one. It's confusing. Um, and like you've touched on it about the alien ab abductions as well. I mean, there's plenty of cases um, where people have had these experiences and they've recounted like seeing like soldiers there, you know, like like in these yeah. uh, scenarios. So, I mean, are, are the abductions a psyop as well? I mean, I don't know the answer, but um, it's... This this topic's just so confusing. Like we we come up with one theory, and then the next week we'll speak to someone else, and it'll completely flip, yeah. and they'll we'll believe yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, so it, so it's hard to get your head around. But but yeah, I mean, I'm starting to really sway towards the psyop. To be honest, that, that's what I'm thinking at the moment. 
Dude, and yes, if you think about it this way as well, uh, yeah, because it could be any of this shit, which again yeah. makes this place yeah. and of course the phenomena even that much more confusing because you can hear a very convincing flat earth argument and then you can you know hear what we've all been raised to think, right? And so yeah. either way though, there are compelling evidence on either side that even if you side with one or another, if one resonates with you more, if one just goes, yeah, that's not only what I observe, but makes more sense to me. That's awesome. And it's a viable option either way. It's the six and the nine thing. It's somebody, you know, with a six from their perspective, and then you turn around, it's a nine, and then they argue with each other, telling each other what it is. You're both right. You know, these situations, I feel, do exist here. And, yeah, of and course. Yeah. 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 Definitely. That is interesting you bring up the flat earth thing, too, because that does throw another monkey oh. wrench into the whole alien thing, because there's so, so many, so many ideas. Like, if it's flat, it's not a disc flying through space. It's a concave earth. There's all these different ideas. So... I like the idea that the Earth is way bigger than we're told, and aliens are just from other parts of the Earth. But that's part of the flat Earth theory. That's too. my Extra favorite. That's my they favorite. Come Extra from land. Ex like that's my whole part. favorite yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the extra <laughs> land. Uh, is it okay? So uh, here we go. Artemis, you're uh, sorry. I guess Josh, Josh, and Artemis show uh, to psyops. Uh, do you know who Avi Loeb is? Yeah, yeah. we've we've uh, spoken to him. Um, okay, you interviewed him. Or yeah. Co-hosted interviewed, yeah. A right few on. Ago. Uh, so I did uh, my first presentation we've been doing on Generation Z, where I create basically a PowerPoint presentation. I get a bunch of slides together, and I just like let's that's what we're going to talk about this week. And the first one I chose to do was Avi Loeb, because I saw the last name Loeb, and as I'm reading the David Icke book, uh, one of one of his many, it explains like the Loeb is one of the financial elites. That is kind of running the show behind the scenes. So I'm like, interesting. That's what does this name? Yeah. What does this that. name have to do? To, is this name connected at all? And turns out that the Loeb name is actually a deep-seated, like it's been around for 700 years. And Loeb uh, actually was a product of the Talpiot program, which is the Israeli Defense Force. So he's an elite hey, Israeli Defense Force uh, person that was recruited <laughs> to put go into the academic world. That's Not saying that anything he's saying is is false at all, but it just shows that, uh, you know, <laughs> people are never who all you think they are, though. Yeah. And there's yeah. always more to and like the um, face of the alien me. agenda that's trying to convince the academic world that this is real. Well, un, you know, we just got to keep in mind that that person is actually, you know, kind of affiliated to a bunch of these other things, and that of was course. that that blew me away because I I struggled to find the family names and. Uh, yeah, it, it was very hidden. So that was also kind of like a interesting thing. But like, that's, I that's love listening point. to. Yeah, great point, Reels. Yeah. And you know, uh, yeah, sorry, you go. No, I was just gonna say it's strange too that the the government can release all kinds of information about UFOs, and only the government can make that shit milk toast. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> dude, give me something. And it's like, well, they're uh, unidentified, you know, flying objects, and we don't know what they are. <laughs> yeah. It's like you, no, but motherfucker, you cannot bullshit, have a yeah. project for 50, 60, 70 fucking years and not know what it is. You can suck a dick. Well, exactly. that's how they get, they get fucking Unless you need to hire all new stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of all people, Tom fucking DeLong to Tom DeLong. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I, I, I had a guy named Robbie Graham on the oh, show. Hey, Highly Tom recommend DeLong. everyone. Uh, <laughs> really do. Hey, Tom know, Tom. I uh, y'all know Robbie Graham. Yeah. Uh, silver screen saucers. Amazing dude. Okay. We were talking about this and he was like, 
He get we got to a point in it, and he's on a great tear with it, and he just goes, "Do you think they're gonna give the secrets of the fucking universe to Tom DeLonge?" Hey, and we hey. just died laughing. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, it's it doesn't make yeah. any sense. It, if so. anybody got the secrets, it's Travis Barker, man. Even in rock shows, like thank you. Well, he's an actual alien. That's right, Jay. That motherfucker. He's a metal. He's a metal drummer in a fucking pop rocks clothing. Like that dude fucking kills. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. sorry, that was that was totally unalien related, but um, <laughs> he might I, I actually I just watched um I just watched the uh, the the Richard Dolan documentary. What was it? Uh, the, the Observers. And yeah. it was actually pretty good um, because like they kind of cast a little bit of shade on Lu Luis Elizondo. Actually, I thought it, you know it was kind of both sides of it. I thought he did actually a really good job. Like he was balancing, he was playing this balancing act throughout the whole uh, th throughout the whole documentary, and I thought it was really well done. Um, and the, um, and, and you know, what's, what's interesting too, is that like, you cannot get to the alien question without bringing up like JFK, without bringing up the whole series of events <laughs> politically before you get to the alien question. Exactly. Um, and so I thought that was like a really good move on Richard Dolan's part. And like, of course he's got the, uh, what the fuck's the book called? It's, uh, UFOs in the national security state. And that that was one of the ones that blew my mind open because that was you know aliens was always kind of like a an ex a mental exercise for me. It was always kind of like a, a hypothetical and oh you know I might have seen some shit. Who the hell knows? This dude's got the documents. You know what I'm saying? And and like I was saying, there's another uh, book called the uh, CIA uh, the CIA UFO files with Dan Dan Wright, and it's just like stole it's case after case after case. You know, so like the documents are there and for the government to come out and just lay some weak ass bullshit and and they, you know what I mean? How much money are we fucking paying you guys? Doesn't make any sense. Louis Elizondo said, uh, I think it was nine million dollars and he says they got a lot of money out of it. It was some like nine to like 15 million dollars. And I've been listening to his interviews more lately just because like I want to instead of just discrediting it all it's like ah, i'm not like analyze like, what he said yeah, really. yeah. i mean we're um we're we're gonna speak to him next month he's gonna be on our show next month um oh, okay so we're gonna try okay. and make yeah. it we're gonna try and ask some of like the harder questions to lou because he never gets questions at all about you know this stuff yeah, so I'm talking about he yeah never so gets so we're gonna try ones. never and yeah. if or, he does get a hard question he just says i can't answer that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. which is convenient you expect too, those answers yeah you guys have probably there's some there's a couple of threads on reddit where, pe where people have pieced together parts of his interviews trying to make a narrative of it and <laughs> it's really fascinating when i'd love to see that thread actually yeah I mean, if i can find the link the narrative has kind of shifted to and so I'd love to see that evolution. He's completely changed. I mean, <laughs> like, if, I mean, if if like yeah. looked, when he first came onto the scene, he was this like, you know, um, military. This was military right. guy, this tough guy who was like, you know, in 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 lose on words, destroying people's lives with his bare hands. That that's he's, he said that before, like on the show, I'm sure. Um, yeah. And like now he switched from that into going to like a spiritual guru sort of thing. Um, you know, he's it, it, the. Just, the, um, just what's the motive behind it or what i don't know what's his guess, yeah i mean i mean it it looks like to me he's turning into stephen greer like he's kind of following like the model of stephen greer you know he's he's realized that yeah I, actually i can't make some coin out of this 
So he, he actually so criticizes Stephen Greer quite yeah, a bit. He, well, of he course goes. he does. Of course yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yourself out. You the know, big competitor to him, really. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah like Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil. We're not going to massage him. Thank you. Have from you guys seen the trailer for Greer's new documentary? What's what's coming out? No, I did like to see he cry in it. The fuck it was. <laughs> yeah. How many times but, did he cry in the trailer? I just want yeah. the aliens to be aliens. Yeah, but it, it's it's some good. It, it it looks That's really good. It, it looks really good that, that this one he go. It's it's about Lou. I mean Lou Lou's in it, and apparently there's there's some interesting information which will come out about Lou Elizondo in, in that guess, documentary. I guess it pieces other things together. Apparently, yeah. Mm. So so we've heard. Pete, what's the overall narrative with that Reddit thread? What what did they uh, kind of find out from it? Um, man, it's hard. It's hard for me to remember, to be honest. But it, it did. It pieced together where he started out talking about the nuts and bolts stuff, and then gradually, gradually, he's gotten a little more woo woo. But in my opinion, it wasn't more woo woo in a bad way. In my opinion, it was a little more woo woo in terms of getting closer to the truth. So to tell you honestly reading the there's been a couple of reddit threads about that reading those reddit threads has actually given me more respect for Trust when you know piecing together how, the, the, the the progressive narrative he's built to me it seems like he's opening up more but like you guys are talking about he is getting a little more stephen greerish so i don't know it could be a great yeah i mean or just I'm sorry. I mean, to me, it sounds like he's running out of things to say, and he's just trying to go go along with what everyone else is doing. That's what it looks like to me, anyway. Um, That's a great point. You know, it's it's that all these personalities in the UFO field. It's like you got to keep up in the game, right? Yeah. People are stop listening to you. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. why I like Richard Dolan so much. He's an OG. Right. Yeah, he's the, I was gonna say OG. He's, he's the OG Dolan. What is that uh, weird? It's a weird human thing too, right? Like people feel like they got to keep up with the Joneses. I don't know, like. I, I don't know what's so difficult about just admitting like, hey man, I got nothing else. I've I've tapped I've tapped out. You know. Yeah, exactly. You, you can't make money. Well, because is it mortgages? Is it really mortgages, Pete? I mean, he's got the book coming out. You know, he would probably want to keep up his appearances yeah, I, up I, until then. I, I think he's trying to like keep. I think he's trying to keep his thing going. He's trying to come up with like like some material until his Be book comes out, and then once his book comes out, he's got another year or two of material he can talk about in like the interviews. So that's that's what it seems like to me. I could be wrong, but it just seems like he's kicking the can down the road until the book comes out. But it could be. You gotta figure like yeah. when he started doing all this stuff, he had a limited amount of information too, and I imagine that information body is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and everybody coming out of the woodwork just throwing everything they can. Yeah. Like, oh, look at this too. Yeah. Look at this too. I mean, yeah. that's gonna change your. Plus, he has little like moles in the community. Oh yeah, he's definitely got moles in the community so to see what we're all doing. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. He keeps tabs on like. That's for sure. All these different channels. Well, and that was actually so. Uh, Generations Ed just had uh, talked with t uh, Artisan Tony, because um, Artisan Tony, uh, he's like this like crafter on YouTube that yeah. likes UFOs as well, and he was a very sweet, nice guy. But so we're asking, like, why did Lou decide to come onto your show? Like, what? And so it's kind of surprising that he would agree to come onto a show. So I think Josh and Artisan, you, you two are uh, talking with him, and it's like I, it seems like he avoids kind of the the hard ones he does um, he, he does. does and he has questioned behind the scenes if he does you know, about us but i mean 
Okay, we'll tell you something, but it has to stay here because um... even though we're live and it'll be <laughs> that's true, actually. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Okay, you know this is live. Right? <laughs> I've shot myself in the foot now. I've shot myself in the foot now. I know. Um, me too. After I started talking, I didn't realize. Okay, well, we'll, 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 we'll just say it. Um, so, so basically, once we announced our show with Lou, we we like were contacted by someone who who's who's close to Lou and us on though, um, and. Lou was basically really scared. Like he sounded, but you know, to our friend Lou appeared like he was really scared and paranoid, paranoid. because because he hadn't watched our show before. And on our show, we questioned Lou Elizondo a lot. We, you yeah. know, we don't, you know, in a respectful way. Yeah, in like a I respectful mean, way. Of course, it's, we it's don't kind of, take everything. Yeah, yeah it's it's, it's like a bit like the conversations we're going to have now. It's a bit like these sort of, uh, you know. But he checked he checked out our show and he basically thought that. Me, me and Artemis are working for Stephen Greer. And um, oh, so, um, so I'm, I'm not sure if he's even going to come on the show. To be I know, but, he might can't see. But yeah, he's, um, he seems like he's a bit paranoid. I'd love to get on that payroll, say. though. So if Stephen Greer is watching this. Yeah. <laughs> so it was interesting. Say, how much uh, uh, Tony, uh, Artisan Tony actually gave some advice and basically like uh, said to allow Lou to kind of control the conversation. And that, and like in a respectful way. And has anybody seen a uh, Kurt Jai Mungle with Linda Moulton Howe? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, like, did you watch the whole way through to the end? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, I mean, for me, it's just trying to avoid something like that. With every guest. I feel bad really. for that interview. He should have just, if he had asked those questions maybe earlier on, yeah. it wouldn't have had such a. I think that was the problem. Like the questions were asked right at the end. If, if like he asked those questions in like the middle and then brought it back with some nicer ones, then it would have been a better interview. Yeah. But honestly, yeah. as much as I as much as I love to sit here and be like, oh yeah, what is the real secret behind this person? I almost really think that we're like defeating our own intentions in a way. And I'm not just saying that because, oh, I hope Stephen Greer will be on my show. I don't give a fuck. Fuck Stephen Greer. Fuck Louis Elizondo. I'll tell you guys all right now. I don't care. But honestly, I think we're almost insulting. None of you guys. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but we're almost insulting the listener at this point because we don't, you know, it's up to the listener to decide with their own discretion who exactly. they're going to trust and who they're not going to trust. I almost get worried about these kind of conversations because I've had people go and say weird stuff to me and I'm like, Oh, okay. Huh. That's how they think of me. So it's really, it just gets into this field of like, you have know, Twitter. It yeah, is true. Yeah. Like, but you know, it's like, you Twitter. really, really, you know, it's, it's for the listeners to come to their own conclusions. Cause I've had a similar conversation with Dave Zed about Lou Elizondo many times. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that he's definitely an odd guest to have on a show. But at the same time, it's like, you know, aren't we all in this to share our open thoughts freely? And okay. even if you're- We are, you know, but at the same time, no one ever talks about the other side. You know, on the shows, everyone is so scared to say, any other opinion other than being on team Lou Elizondo. And it's not that hmm. there's, there shouldn't be a team on either side. It's just that you shouldn't have tunnel vision on any person in this. Right. Yeah. You know, well, I just, you I just try mean, to stay open-minded, but I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. It's just, yeah. I just, just think that the listeners the, are 
but they deserve a whole like spectrum of a view, you know, right. instead of just one opinion. And I mean, the listener, just like us, when we listen to different podcasts and shows, we will take what information connects to us and then everything else will just, you know, it'll just sub like subside. So for the listeners here, if they don't agree with what they say, at least they can maybe respect that different opinion, but still keep with their own. Right. And at, no. well, and at the end of the day, whether but, somebody's intentions are pure or not, if they're joining the discussion and their intention is to add to the conversation, that's really all that matters. The only reason I'm making this clause is yeah. because people on other podcasts have gone and said, oh, this guy, me and other podcasters that I work with, they're using occult symbolism in their podcast. Look at them. Oh, they're, you know, they're using dark arts. And it's like, we're kind of cool. doing the same thing by saying, oh, Lou Alessandro, he might be connected to some dark, you know, it's like, I just don't want to be a part of that conversation as much yeah, as I want to be a part of this conversation. You know what I mean? And I love talking to all of you guys. I just want to make it clear that like we should all be respectful on these platforms and let the listeners decide who's shady and who's not. And, you know, I, I just don't want, you know, somebody to go and be like, well, now you can't talk shit about somebody saying shit about you because you went and said shit about him, you know? And it's yeah. like, really, I'm putting my foot in my mouth or shooting myself in the foot by doing something like that. So I, I have a lot of respect for Lou Elizondo, even though I do think he possibly could be connected to some government organizations. What that says about his character is up to someone else to decide. I just know yeah. that I'm not going to listen to his interviews, you know? That's, that's, that's where yeah. I draw the yeah. line, you know? I want to get you guys thoughts on something, uh, you know, it's talking about people becoming more kind of woo woo and spiritual in this field, like Lou Elizondo. Well, what do you think about like, uh, it was a few months ago, or even a couple of years ago, even when the, the TTSA stuff was really big, they're talking about senior members of Congress saying that they know this is a demonic phenomenon and we shouldn't mess with it. And it makes me think of things like the Collins elite that came to that same uh, conclusion that we're dealing with demons and they're like, you know, don't mess with it. But I'm thinking, well, even if there's fucking demons flying around in the sky, shouldn't we be investigating? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know? we shouldn't be ignoring any just, of that. Yeah. Let's not ignore the demons flying around. I yeah. I, I, I think it was, um, a few weeks ago, maybe last month, uh, I think it was the Senator Tim Burchett. Have like, you heard of him, guys? Tim Burchett, the Senator, I think. I think he's called Tim Burchett, maybe. But he came out and talked about um, the religious industrial complex being like the problem mm. with, with, with this. So that makes sense, what like, like you just the said there about like the Collins elite and things like that. I mean, um, and I think Lou said in like a few interviews as well that these guys in like the government, there's like a lot of people who uh, believe that, but they're telling um, Lou Elizondo apparently not, not to investigate it because they don't want to tempt fate. If that makes sense. They just want to leave it alone. So yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. It sounds it's like an interesting it's interesting aspect. I just had yeah. a little twist to it. Like what the fuck? You know? Yeah. It's interesting for sure. There yeah. are a lot of, um, you know, esoteric groups in the, in, you know, Freemasons and whatnot, supposedly behind, big government shadow governments they yeah. have a lot of interesting ideas about the nature of reality it's quite you know mystical and they're very superstitious you know i'd imagine a lot of these people and would be scared perhaps if you know 
with if you tamper with something like that. Could I, could I just quickly float an alternative idea about why Lou Elizondo may not be overly interested in, um, you know, taking part in interviews that he suspects are going to be confrontational? Of course, yeah. Is this an alternative explanation could be that he's been, if he still has connections with the government, that he's been told he's allowed to be doing this as long as he doesn't go on shows like that. Could be a yeah, that could be a good point, but 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 that would suggest that they're trying to control the narrative. Yeah, to yeah. control us. I mean, since since like day one when Newell Osondo came on the scene, when he when uh, TTSA had like the press conference, that like announcement with no press there, you know, like from day one they've tried to control this. Oh, okay. Um, it's a bit strange, yeah. There's but no, really but uh, but you know, Lou, but but Lou could turn out to be who like he says he is, and and I hope he is. Like I yeah. really do hope. You know, the stuff he's saying is true and like, you know, we are on this path, what he says, and, you know, we'll start to get some answers. But, you know, until that happens, I'm always going to be skeptical of people for sure. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Interesting. I, I like the idea that the Earth might be a, a spaceship. Uh, oh, the idea of like being a yeah, that we're in awesome. a pocket dimension. That's what dimension. I'm talking about. That's awesome. You know, or that we're on some gigantic spaceship and we are a resource for these things, but we're in a, like a terrarium on it. You know what I mean? That's why the flat oh, earth model works my favorite out really, words, really yeah. well. It's like a huge terrarium for us. And that's why, of course, they just come down, they pluck us, they do whatever the hell they want. It's like a playground. They vacation. <laughs> Maybe. And the idea know. that the Van Allen belt is yeah. actually uh, a field that's this like time, this matrix that's keeping us in a suppressed state, yeah. uh, suppressing our frequency or oscillation, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, Brandon, you asked us earlier time. what our you asked us earlier what our favorite theory about UFOs is, and that's my least favorite theory that we're yeah. all cattle prison for these things. Thing. Yeah, the yeah. prison planet idea. Oh. Well, it makes a lot of sense. So if you owned a cattle ranch and ten of your cattle decided that they wanted to just bounce, that's like you know whatever eighty grand. That's dangerous thinking, and you'd want to herd them in mm. and make that fence bigger. So when people break out in our society and say, we're going to do something different. We're the dangerous thinkers that break out. They need to keep us all in the same place. I heard recently that the Milky Way galaxy might be that energy fence keeping us in here and that the Cygnus constellation is like a gateway to something beyond. So interesting, definitely not for everyone's, you know, globe model. Some people don't believe in space at all, but uh, yeah, I definitely, I don't know. As much as I don't want to believe we're cattle, I definitely think that there's some sort of natural barrier. Uh, maybe going back to what I said initially, uh, that this earth is special, like a school of some kind for souls, if we're going to think about it from that perspective. And these other races of aliens maybe have some kind of need or want to incarnate as human beings and that's why they're doing this kind of genetic soul work on us and maybe even like pete says you know that's what these greys are exactly doing you know they're just like operating on souls as people come to and fro from earth to wherever else they go man but it is kind of like a like a farm though you know because they're kind of coming in doing genetic alterations to alter our dna to up something that they now require from the customers that are getting whatever they're getting and it's like an energetic thing but also a spiritual thing but also it biologically alters us to create a better spiritual thing it is so many cool as shit things and this is why i love 
this topic in particular because we have no damn answers. But what I love about all of us is we are highly skeptical of that information coming from an official source. So what do you guys think about disclosure? Um, do you think disclosure is important at all? This is it. This is disclosure. These discussions, us people, the experiencers, the contactees, that's what it's all about. It's not going to be about the, the official narrative coming through. It's about what we're doing today. Any go. official yeah. disclosure is going to be horse shit, in my opinion. I mean, if you just look at the last two years of propaganda, look at the newest propaganda flavor of the week with Ukraine. Like, do you think anything they come out with officially as far as disclosure is going to be anything we can trust? They're like, Great. Dude, Where's yeah. the conversation about COVID now? All of a sudden, it's like quiet. It'll be back in the fall when they push the sub, uh, when they push the Omicron sub variant. Yeah, uh, yes. after it's gonna come back with a vengeance, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, well, I just saw in the news for Canada, like we're loosening restrictions, despite like it was like some headline like that we're gonna lift the mask mandate, which we haven't done at all in Ontario anyway, um, and despite the new variant um, submerging. So it's like, well, that's interesting. Cause like, if you look at the narrative up until then, especially for Canada and Ontario, like they've been putting restrictions on us, like on and off for the last like two plus years. So all of a sudden it's okay to lift the mask mandate and the vaccine and everything. Like, I don't know. It's just, doesn't make sense. In California, California is very communist, you know, compared to the rest of the United States. And they lift every, they lifted everything, even for schools. We're going yeah. to an event mm -hmm. on Sunday and we don't have to bring our fake COVID test results that we got from a friend. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've had to do a COVID test on my three-year-old, like myself, like one of the the rapid Bill? tests. It was Just horrible. So yeah. I don't yeah. recommend it. You know, you know it's crazy it was too, horrible. She hated me for a minute. <laughs> They made me really did. Swabs. I'll stick it in my cat's butt before I <laughs> There you go. That's I had to. No. And if you want your kid back in school slash daycare, <laughs> I know, but you gotta, you gotta do it. It's I want to go back but... to the butt swab. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad I didn't have to do that. That's for sure. <laughs> I would refuse. I mean, I'd be yeah. all down for it. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys are swabbing my nose, sticking that shit in there. I'm like, give me the butt swab. Yeah. So uh, speaking of that, purpose. just offer it up next time. You're like, pick <laughs> <what this is. laughs> Is there an option? <laughs> I, I don't want to quit the butt talk, but it, on the disclosure thing, um, I think the possibility is that there might not be anything to disclose. Oh, no. Like oh, you know, we might. We you know, we do. might be. We we might be. We might be facing like a hard limit as to what we know. Uh, Jay, you brought up the observers. That is a. I think. I think. I thought that was a great doc as well. Whitley. Whitley. Um. Whitley Stryber has a great quote in that, and he says we need to hold on to the question, the implication there being like once we start to think we've figured it out, we're on the wrong track. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe there's like. The possibility exists. Nobody knows what the hell this is. There's nothing to disclose except like maybe, hey, yeah, we have some meta materials, but we don't know what the hell this is, right? You know, who knows? I would like to see, you know, other nations like submitting photos like crazy, like, hey, this is what our armed forces have taken pictures of. This is what our, you know, you know astronauts have taken pictures of. Like that should, 
that stuff I'd like to see. I mean, Canada I just released a UFO yeah. report that was like 290 pages. Yeah, Mexico did it quite a while um, they, back. France yeah. did it. Um, quite a few nations a have done that. UK's done I think. UK's done it. Just what they want you to see, you know. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. It's all. I mean, I don't think anybody really knew it was even coming. They just like dropped this report, and I mean, convenient timing because everybody's distracted. Yeah. So. Well, I tell you what, guys. This this thing has been killer. We have about ten minutes left until we hit two hours, so we're probably gonna wrap it up here. Everybody in the chat, thank you so much. I'm gonna get better at this chat thing. I do apologize, guys. Like uh, Justin, (laughs) I know Mary was in. Rob. Uh, I've, I'm new to this whole live thing, but also I'm just so pumped about this collection of minds, which was also mentioned in the chat. So I agree with you, Justin. Thank you. So uh, this is awesome. Um, I don't know how you guys want to wrap this up, but I kind of want to hear another creepy story from Ryan. Uh, perhaps one, if you want to steer it back to Bud, your favorite ass encounter. I mean, maybe you could just answer the question, perhaps just a round estimate. How many crypto terrestrials do you think have seen your fart box? <laughs> The question, Brandon. Just ballpark. (laughs) Ballpark. Ballpark. A thousand. In the butt. You reckon um, that the uh, you know butt probe thing is them taking gut biome samples because that would tell you a lot about a person's uh, diet and health. You know, just the flora. Yeah, I tried telling my wife that too. She didn't buy it. (laughs) Well, Linda Moulton Howe talked about actually like the rectums literally being extracted from like the animals. And that is just like, so the person, it was uh, Kurt J. Mungle asking her, so like, was there a lot of blood? Like what's going on? They're like, nope, blood was completely drained from these abducted cattle and their assholes were taken from their bodies. So, damn. Yikes. They just took the evidence, you know what I mean? Maybe they're doing something else, and they made off with all the evidence, you know what I'm saying? We don't know with these sick fucks. So, Ryan, another creepy story, if you will, sir, and that's going to cap us for this one. Oh, crikey. Uh, crikey yeah, crikey story. indeed. Um, oh, well, uh, how about some, oh, just trying to think. I'm not you quite sure because I don't really get creeped out anymore. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the last time I got creeped out. Okay, but I don't know whether you'll find it creepy. I'll tell you that. Uh, is that all right, or did you want to say something in particular, Brandon? Nope, please. And I also Peter, cue one up as well because I want to hear. What, we all want to share in one of yours too. Okay, go ahead, bud. Oh uh, well, the, probably the last time I really freaked out, and that's when they said to me, "We roll our our eyes at you." Um, was when um I got up out of bed, went to the kitchen, and started having a conversation with my wife who I thought was my wife at the time. She was leaning against the um, kitchen sink, kitchen bench, would you say a counter or whatever you dudes would say um, standing opposite from her. And we were just talking about life. We were talking about interesting things. I can't even remember, unfortunately, the topic of the conversation. Now this, to give this context, I actually said to, to the Majina, Hey, it's nice that you're allowing me to remember like tabletop procedures and things like that but why don't you dudes come and have an interaction with me at my house have a coffee or a tea or maybe you know a beer or anything like that so you could say this is like human initiated contact i suppose ce5 so but anyway so i was talking to my wife um then i started to zone out dropped down to my knees crawled into the next room and and there's a certain state of mind they put me in sometimes where i feel like it's like an obsessive compulsive kind of mind state where i'll start lining things up 
while they're walking around and doing other stuff like this sort of switched me off. In this particular case, I was taking socks and making pairs out of them and lining them up. Then I lifted off the ground, was taken back into my room over the top of my sleeping life and just started to be settled down like that. And then they let me have full consciousness and full uh, control again. And I was just sort of like down on one side slightly. And then I was freaking out because I could still hear them in the house. And I thought this stuff's real. And I had an adrenaline rush going through my body. And then a woman's voice said into my head, we just had a date. And my adrenaline just started pumping through my body. And she goes, I roll my eyes at you. And then I could hear her walking out the door, close the door, footsteps up the driveway. And then I walked through the house and they weren't there anymore. So that was sort of like a rebuke, I think, for freaking out so much. But Did that's the last that time alien? I've ever really been that freaked Sounds out. Sounds like you banged that Did alien. You banged that alien, dude. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, you went balls deep in that extraterrestrial. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Why don't I get abducted? Because mm, you it? want to. That's why. Well, the you might like want to. Right? I feel like I feel like Mac, and it's always sunny. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Why aren't I good Take enough? Take me. Take me. All right, uh, Peter, did you have one? Because you're you're equally as fascinating. Ron, thank you for sharing these, dude. I don't mean to put you on the spot cool. with yeah, it, dude, but you're cool. just so badass, and it's so cool. Uh, Peter, man. Yeah. Got. I got a creepy one. Um, so we talked a little bit earlier about um, mesmerization, right? And how the greys do it is they have you look into their eyes, and you basically, like, I don't know, you enter their consciousness or they enter yours, right? So... The, one of one of these one of the times the, the grace said, I want to you know telepathically communicate. I want to try something with you, okay? And so we go eye to eye, and I've done this before, and it's like your consciousness is merged, okay? Now what happened next was that gray took its consciousness back down to my physical body here on Earth, okay? entering in through my head now our consciousnesses are merged so i can feel and see what he's feeling right he's in he's entering my body okay and i'm like an observer this is like inception right if you, if you know what i'm saying like, like i'm therapy. in his consciousness yeah watching him enter my physical body and i realized the reason he was doing this is because he wanted to experience the physical physicality of being a human okay so slowly it travels down through my head and it's an odd feeling but i'm letting it i'm letting it take place gets to my heart and the heartbeat freaks the gray out because this is a physical phenomenon they have no reference for right and so i have to tell this gray like yo that's my heart it's just like my heartbeat and so the gray cautiously keeps going got down to about my waist area um, and um and that's when i kind of noped out of it and i just i i just i just said no this is it it's, it's, it's over yeah and then what's interesting was 
So that connection was broke. That consciousness connection was broke. But you can, um, you know, you can telepathically or however it is, th there's muted emotions there. I could tell the gray was annoyed. Like, oh man, come on, let me just go all the way in. <laughs> but anyway, that was, that was some pretty fantastic <laughs> stuff, to be honest you did, with you. You did just well, the tip with an alien? Yeah. <laughs> What's that? You did just the tip with the alien? Just yeah. the tip, just the tip. Just maybe the tip. next time. That's not what she said. <laughs> maybe next time I'll let him bust my cherry. We'll see. And on that note, this has been one of the most amazing UFO conversations I've ever had in my entire life or heard or been a part of or anything like that. Thank you all so much out there for listening. Thank you in the chat again. Uh, everyone involved, y'all are incredible and amazing. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you all hold a special place in my heart, and you know this. Uh, stick around for the after party if you want to, but we are going to shut the live off. Uh, thank you all again so much, and we'll we'll see you soon. We're definitely going to do this again soon. So thanks again, everybody. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, thanks, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.